This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Thursday, May the 19th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay and the storm didn't keep you awake for too long last night. First today, a Medway mum says she fears there could be civil unrest as more and more people struggle with the rising cost of living. Now, you might remember on yesterday's podcast, we told you how inflation had reached a 40-year high of 9%. That means prices in the shops have gone up. If you've got a loan, repayments may have increased and on the flip side, of that, the value of any savings you might have has probably gone down. Well, Rita is a full-time carer for her disabled son, who's even decided himself not to eat every day in a bid to save money. Rita's been chatting to us and says it's a terrible situation. She's been speaking to our reporter, Juliana. By Christmas, it's going to be worse. It's going to be over, I I, I think it's going to be over 10.5%. So for £10 that you've got now, it's going to be worth less less than £9, probably £8. So people like me or pensioners who are on a fixed income, that means £8 isn't going to go very far because then your, our electric bills and our gas bills are going to go up by another, they say 40%, some say 30%. That's an awful lot of money that we, we're struggling at, at the moment to just, you can't live. You can't live. There's no joy in life anymore. There's nothing to look forward to. What's the, what's the point? You do wake up. I wake up, I'm crying, my heart's pounding. I just do think to myself, what's the point? What's the point? I listen to the, I feel so sorry for working families Young couples who are starting out in their life, they've got young children. They are having to work and work and work to just put food on the table. Where is their family life? What is the point? What is the point in working to the point that you're not having a family life? You're just existing and that's what's happening to to, 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 to just the normal just to the the everyday people in this country. The last month, it's all of a sudden hit people, is the bills are getting higher, the council tax has gone up, the water rates have gone up. It's, It's your mobile phone bills have gone up. Everything has gone up. And it's, it's not, you know, it's been all at once. It's not been one thing's gone up and then another thing and then another thing. It's all at once. And then inflation. So it's not, it's, it, it is a crisis. As you said, you don't find hope in life. Do you feel like you're in a sort of like rabbit hole that you just keep going down, down, trying to find yeah. an answer, you don't find anything? Yeah. How is that it, for you? It is almost like Alice in Wonderland. It's surreal. It's like, eat me, drink me, eat me, drink me, eat me, drink me. That's what you're being thrown is, 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 um, it's all a smoke screen. The government is saying, oh, well, we'll do this. We'll do this. So it's the eat me. So you eat this. And and it's like, well, if you eat this, this would be better. You know, so that you eat this and you get bigger. And it's 
well, no, actually, that's not working. So now drink this. So then that gets smaller. It's just, it's just, it, it, nothing is, whatever they're giving you and whatever they're saying, it's nothing. It's not working. It's just a fantasy. It's not real. It's not real for, for people, for, for the people, the people that pay their taxes, for people that are living the drudgery of life. This is a drudge. I, I, I recall the discontent that people felt in the 70s. I remember Jim Callahan saying, um, crisis, what crisis? I can recall the, the discontent that people felt that they were being shortchanged, that they were being left behind. And I can feel that despair now in people that there's nothing. There is nothing. There's only so much. There's only so far you can go. There's only so much you can get out of nothing because there is nothing. Now, we can tell you today the Chancellor has insisted the government is ready to do more to help with the cost of living. Meantime, this is an interesting one. The Chief Inspector of Constabulary thinks a crisis could trigger a surge in crime. And it's understood today he's urging police officers to act with discretion when deciding whether to prosecute those who steal food. That has not gone down well with a government minister who doesn't agree and insists that no one should ignore so-called small offences. Well, we'd love to know what you think on this one today. You can have a say on the question that we've posted on Facebook. Just search for Kent Online. Kent Online News. Police are investigating after a plaque in memory of Kent PCSO Julia James went missing. It was put up in Aylsham Marketplace following the 53-year-old's murder last April. Officers think it was removed on Monday evening, just hours after 22-year-old Callum Wheeler from Aylsham was convicted of killing her. A mum from Ash says her family is still living in fear months after masked men armed with machetes broke into their home. Her 14-year-old son and his friend had to be treated in hospital for stab wounds following the attack in Kennington in January. They've since been told by police to move out of the area in case they're targeted again. Ashford councils say they're working to support the family. While two men have been arrested and released. At Kent Online today you can see video footage from the scene of the attack but a warning some may find some of the images distressing. It's emerged residents at a care home were not kept safe from risks like choking and epilepsy. Inspectors visited Winchester House in Sheerness and say staff weren't properly trained, some didn't read care plans and a sensory room wasn't fit for purpose. However, workers have been praised for being kind and caring. We've asked the company who run the home for a comment. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the site today. There's still uncertainty around when and if Eurostar services will resume from Ash and Ebbsfleet. Now you might remember trains haven't been stopping at the international stations since the start of the pandemic and the company says they won't return until at least 2023. Bosses are planning to review the situation towards the end of this year. Well ahead of that our reporter Rhys Griffiths has been along to Ashford International, a bustling transport hub in the past. Rhys what's it like at the moment? Well Nicola if you were to visit the domestic platforms of the station where trains operated by the likes of Southeastern and Southern operate, you'd probably be, I guess, hard-pressed to tell that things were not back to normal, although passenger numbers still do remain down. Uh, trains are busy, people are travelling for leisure, and quite a few people are obviously now heading back to the office and commuting into work. So, on the domestic side, 
things are picking up. But if you go over to the international station side of Ashford International, the picture is rather different. The terminal for Eurostar services onward to London and to uh, destinations on the continent is shuttered. There are no uh, international travellers passing through there. The multi-storey car park remains almost vacant. Um, it's a very strange scene. It's almost as if COVID uh, lockdown is still going on. There are still posters up from uh, first lockdown, which, um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange atmosphere, let's say. It brings back a lot of memories of that first uh, rather strange few months when we were in lockdown in March of 2020. And just remind us why Eurostar trains aren't stopping there right now. So Eurostar suspended its service uh, during the height of the pandemic. Um, Obviously, with the restrictions in place, lockdown, uh, restrictions on international travel, there simply was no demand for their services. And uh, although a much reduced service did still run eventually between London and capitals in Europe, the decision was taken that there would be simply not enough demand at Ebbsfleet International and Ashford International to fully staff and operate those stations. And despite the fact that, you know, much of the economy has now emerged from the worst of the pandemic and the and the toughest restrictions have been lifted, there is still no sign that Eurostar uh, is, is ready to come back. At the moment, they say it will be reviewed towards the end of the year. And, you know, there's a lot of hope in this part of the world that those services will come back, but also fear that they may not. Has it had a wider impact on the town, would you say? I think in terms of the wider impact, it's uh, certainly going to play out longer term. Um, Obviously, during the worst of the pandemic, people weren't travelling. So, you know, even the people of Ashford and and the rest of Kent were not looking to necessarily travel internationally by train. But so much of the regeneration, not just of Ashford, but of East Kent as a whole in recent years, has uh, been built on improved connectivity we see that with high-speed trains allowing people to commute up to London from all parts of East Kent now where perhaps that wasn't really an option before Uh, and the decision of businesses like Brompton the folding bicycle manufacturer to plan to relocate their headquarters to Ashford Uh, investment in planned things such as studios for filming for streaming services All of these uh, investments in Ashford and its economy are predicated on having these connections, not just domestically to London with a high-speed train, but also internationally. And I think certainly for politicians and business leaders locally, there is uh, real concern that, you know, this is starting to slip a little bit and they really want to see a a commitment as soon as possible from Eurostar to bring the trains back. So, Reese, finally, what are hopes for the future? Will it ever return? Well, this is really is the big question. Um, Eurostar, as I said earlier, have said they will review the circumstances towards the end of this year. Services to return to Ebbsfleet and Ashford from 2023 at the earliest. Um, the problem that I think some of us have uh, when, when questioning this, I, I asked Eurostar uh, to tell me what, metrics they're using to measure demand and the viability of returning these services they didn't want to go into specifics and i think that's you know that's their prerogative but um as as other industry observers have told me we can't really prove demand if there aren't any trains running and the world has 
changed since the pandemic, um, but perhaps really the only way to, to tell if the demand is there is to get those trains running again. And for anyone who, you know, needs to travel from Kent to the continent, it's much better for us to be able to use our stations that have been invested in millions and millions of pounds spent. We want to see those stations up and running. And I think a lot of people want to see rail competing with short haul flights as well. It's very important environmentally if the country is going to reach targets such as net zero for carbon emissions that we do switch people away from short haul flights onto the railways. And that's really got to be the aim for the future. Reese, thank you ever so much. And you can read Reese's report in full and see pictures of the inside of the station by heading to Kent Online. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Almost £1.5 million has been spent on trying to prevent homelessness in Kent after the pandemic, but charities say much more is needed. Funding was given to the county to help those struggling to pay their rent or mortgage because they might have been furloughed or made redundant. Well, the cash given to local authorities has to be used by the end of next month, but the government are promising continued support after that time. Paul Todd is from charity Catching Lives, which is based in Canterbury and he's been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. We're seeing people who are threatened with homeless more or less on a daily basis. We're hearing from people who are being discharged from hospital or prisons without anywhere to go uh, and we're seeing this more and more often and the problem as I say is that without extra um, money we can't do as much or as well and, and this, I know that every charity is struggling for funds at the moment but we in particular are dealing with a humanitarian issue. Yeah, right on our doorstep. The pandemic was there and it was present for two years and then we've not had a break really between then and going into the cost of living crisis, the pressures created by the um, the various problems associated with the economy in the global scale at the moment. So I think basically we, the government should apply its funding to taking the pressure off people and give them a chance to take a better stock of, of their situation. They've also caught up with Neil Charlick, who's from the Gillingham Street Angels. I think there's a couple of reasons that people are not particularly great reasons. People think you're homeless. I think it could be all sorts these days. Marriage, breakdown, housing problems, addiction, mental health. I think there's so many different reasons that people are becoming homeless. These things affect a wide variety of people. It's not something that people should dismiss or just think, it's not, you know, it's not my problem, I don't need to do anything. I think everyone should be doing something to help these problems. I think they, people say you're only a couple of paychecks away from being homeless. Part of it is taking over. It seems to be the new normal, which is, is sad. A £10,000 vehicle stolen from a farm has been found dumped in Woodland near Dover. It was taken on Sunday and discovered by a local farmer two days later on land off the A2. Police returned it to its owner and are still trying to catch the thief. At Kent Online today, you can see CCTV images of four people who are wanted over fly-tipping in Herne Bay. Bosses set up a camera to catch suspects who were dumping rubbish outside Elizabeth Court in Queen Street. Police, meantime, are stepping up patrols in Folkestone, where schoolchildren are thought to have destroyed gravestones. People living close to St Mary and St Ainsworth's Church say on Sundays as many as 30 youngsters cause trouble there. Trees and tombstones have been damaged. It's hoped a new operating theatre can be built at Maidstone Hospital to help tackle the backlog caused by Covid. According to the NHS, more than 1,700 Kent patients are waiting more than a year for orthopaedic surgery. Most county councillors are supporting the proposals. Kent Online reports. 
The Kent Online podcast has been told plans to bring in street votes to decide whether a house can have an extension could lead to trouble between neighbours. The government says it wants to find ways to engage the public more in planning. Well, it could mean referendums over the style and size of extensions, new homes and conversions on your street. But would it lead to a bit of a dispute between people living in the same road? Well, Swale Borough Council leader Mike Bulldog has concerns. There's a lot to see how this all folds out. Um, I don't want people's expectations to be too high because they're raising quite a lot at the moment expecting that Kent is not going to have to continue to face these uh, unsustainable targets. And I'm not sure that's really what it's saying. Um, What's what's wrong with trying to engage people more in planning uh, issues? We'd need to see the details. But if it means that people can say no and block unwanted developments, that's great. If it just means that they've got to say what colour doors on the new developments they can have, then that's not really that much use. We need some more details. But if at the end of the day it hands back um, power to local communities and they don't get overruled by government inspectors, I'll be all for that. But if we're going to go through a process of engaging people making decisions and they can, the developers can still appeal and the government inspectors overturn what the communities have wanted, then we haven't got any further forward at all. What about uh, community relations you know, yeah, in I, the streets of votes, which might prove rather more divisive than it? Uh... Firstly, I, I say that I, I think the main thrust of what people are concerned about is the fact that there's too much development, not what ki- kind of development. Um, and until that's recognised, there's going to continue to be punishment at the polls. Uh, when it comes to the neighbourhood, you know, if there's going to be votes on whether or not your neighbour can have a, an extension, um, I, I can see huge problems with that. I mean, are we going to have ballot boxes at the end of the street? Are we going to have situations where an application's put in, it's voted against, they can put another application in two months later that's slightly different, and eventually people get fed up voting so he gets it? Uh, there's a lot more needs to be said, but I can see it being very divisive. And again, once that decision is made, is it subject to being overturned by the government inspector? He was talking to our political editor, Paul Francis, there. We'd love to know what you think. You can search for the story and have your say. Education bosses in Kent are considering setting up a new school academy. It would make the county council the first authority to do so, using new powers being planned by the government. That would mean all schools have to be part of a trust by 2030. KCC's not yet revealed who would be involved, saying it's initially looking to trial the idea. Plans to build a new plaza on Herne Bay seafront, like something you might see in Spain, have taken a big step forward. Bosses want to seal off a section of Central Parade to vehicles and have live gigs and food vendors in the new square. Work could start next year after the County Council was given £100,000. There will be a consultation on the idea later this year. And Canterbury's Mimi Webb is going to be performing at Buckingham Palace next month. She'll join Mabel, Craig David and Eurovision's Sam Ryder at the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Concert. The event is on the 4th of June and will also include an appearance from Kent tennis star Emma Raducanu as well as David Attenborough and Stephen Fry. Kent Online Sports. 
First up, football and the Gillingham boss says a lot of work is going on behind the scenes to recruit more players. Neil Harris has revealed he's had a lot of meetings with potential new signings but wants a 20-man squad that'll be able to meet the demands of a full season. Meanwhile, none of the club's seven contracted players have had offers from any other club. Of course, Gillingham will be starting off life in League Two when the new season kicks off later in the summer. And in cricket, Kent are back in county championship action, still aiming for their first win of the campaign. They're taking on Northamptonshire following three draws and two defeats so far this season. It comes ahead of the start of the T20 Blast next week. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site now. To do it, you need to head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe and whilst you're on the site today you can read our latest eat my words food review we've been along to the all you can eat buffet at spoon world buffet in chatham news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with showrooms in canterbury and maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars including mg seat and Vauxhall.